All right, everybody, man, isn't that fantastic? Nothing our God can't do, and praise the Lord, right? Hey, can I just start out by saying how glad I am to be back? Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but on November the 2nd, I was diagnosed with COVID-19. And so for the last couple weeks, man, I've been in quarantine fighting off this virus. And by God's grace and your prayers, man, I got through it, and I'm so grateful for that. Now, unfortunately, I never lost my sense of taste, so I didn't lose a single pound through that whole thing, but can't have everything, right? But listen, I officially now do have the hyperimmunized super blood, and I'm thankful for that, uh, and I'm also thankful for you. I'm thankful for everybody who prayed for us, who brought food by our house. Man, your love has just meant the world to me and to Sarah. Uh, and Sarah, listen, sailed through the whole quarantine with no infection at all, thank God. But we love you and we appreciate your love for us, especially during this crazy, uh, crazy time. And friends, let me tell you something else I'm really thankful for. I am grateful for our faith promise celebration that culminated last week with our church family making pledges to all give something above the tithe to support the works of compassion that our church does lo locally and literally around the world. Now, here's the good news. Last week, we received pledges on these pledge cards and on our online pledge QR code, our pledges came in last week at over $1,200,000 in this crazy, fear-paralyzed world. Let's praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, man. Let's thank God. Now, that's a big number. And let me tell you how that's possible. When you get 10,000 people all doing something, uh, man, you can make a big number that makes a big difference. And that's the good news. Now, there's even better news because usually the week after our Faith Promise celebration, we have even more pledges come in, and I think that will be especially true this year in these online days, and man, I'm really praying that it will. I'm really praying it will because here's the hard news. This number is like 50% of what we pledged last year, 50%. Now, that doesn't really surprise me. Uh, because we've only received about 50% of the pledge cards and the online pledges that we received last year. And listen, I get that. Uh, man, we've never had half of our church be online through the Faith Promise Celebration before, and so that's really different. So I'm not surprised that we didn't receive as many pledges, you know, that first week as we did last year, but I was not prepared to receive only half. Uh, I'm telling you, man, I did not see that coming. So just let this sink in for a second. Uh, all the good things we heard about last week that we're doing around the world, if this is the final number, we will have to cut the support we provide to our local and global partners by 50% in 2021. Now think about if that happened to you. I, I can't imagine us actually having to do this, but listen, we have to plan and we have to budget and we have to do that based on pledges. And so if you're part of that 50% of the Compassion Christians who made a pledge last year and you intend to make one this year, that, and for whatever reason you just forgot, friend, I cannot overemphasize how important it is to follow through on that because we have to build our missions budget before January and we have to base that budget on our faith promise commitments and then we have to let our mission partners know what God has provided. So let's just pray for a moment that God will provide and let's pray that he'll do it through us and that we'll be able to give our missionary partners some good news uh, when we contact them about the upcoming year in this crazy, uncertain world we live in. Father, we know that sometimes we are mystified by what's happening in our world, but you are not. You're not surprised. You're not shocked. Nothing takes you by surprise. 
And I just pray, God, that once again, you will just cause a miracle of generosity to happen in our church and that every compassion Christian will pray about what you would have us to trust you for in 2021. And Lord, that we'll turn in that pledge card, Lord, so that we can plan to bless the world through our faith promises. Lord, we love you. And we have seen you come through so many times in the past. And we're looking forward to you coming through this time as well. Do it through us, we pray in Jesus' strong name. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. amen. Okay, turn with me in your Bible to 2 Thessalonians. We're gonna start out in the first chapter. I'm gonna show you a passage of scripture that I believe describes our church exactly where we are today. Now, Paul wrote two letters to the church in Thessaloniki to encourage them because I'm telling you, those folks are going through some hard times. The religious extremists in their city were persecuting new followers of Jesus for leaving their Jewish and their pagan backgrounds. And let me tell you, the persecution got so hot that they had to get the apostle Paul out of town before he got killed. And then the Romans were persecuting Christ followers in Greece because Rome thought that if you called Jesus your king, that was seditious. They didn't realize that followers of Jesus are the best citizens in any culture. And so here you have these new, dynamic, growing, you know, church of brand new Christ followers who are living in very uncertain, very dangerous times. And you know what Paul's basic message to the church was in Thessaloniki? Dude, keep up the good work. You guys are doing great, man. You're honoring the Lord in Thessaloniki. Heaven is on the horizon for you. So man, keep up the good work. Look at what Paul says in verse 3 of chapter 1. He said, Dear brothers and sisters, we can't help but thank God for you because your faith is flourishing. And man, your love for one another is growing. And can I tell you, when I think about our church and how you have stayed strong and faithful through all the tests and trials of the last year, I'm telling you, my friend, I feel exactly the same way about you. Now, this is Vision Week. And every year, we take one week to just stop and praise God for the amazing work that he has done through our church in the last year, and then think a little bit about the vision he's given us for what lies ahead in 2021. Now this year, we taped this message on Tuesday because I thought we needed to do something that we have never been able to do before. I want you to hear from every one of our campus pastors and our Latino ministry about how God has worked through our efforts together in these crazy, uncertain days. Now, my friend Alan Algram always says, COVID reveals character. Think about it. COVID reveals character. Man, when trouble comes, some people shrink back and other people step up. And those with character step up and are blessed. Why? So they can be a blessing. Now, friends, our church has definitely stepped up in a thousand different ways in the last nine months or so. So I just want you to hear from our campus pastors today. Let me introduce you to our campus pastor of our most remote, far western campus. Hey, this is James Davis. Come on up here, James. And let's welcome James as he comes to tell us some of the good news, huh? There we go. Thank you, Cam. I appreciate that. It's an honor to be with you. Like he said, my name is James Davis. I'm the campus pastor at our Statesboro campus. If you grew up in church, you heard stories all throughout Scripture of the church responding to difficulty, especially in the, in, the, in the book of Acts, where we watched the church get scattered through persecution. And over the last year, we got to see how our church responds to difficulty. But the thing right. is, what we found out is that you maintain what matters. As our church learned how to do life differently, we learned how to care for our neighbors more than ever before. 
We learned how to seek God in new ways, and we did that through things like our lighthouse. We opened up to every week to meet the needs of our community. We talked to local business owners about who they had to let go and the hardship our community faced, and we did that. We made phone calls to our church members to find out how they were doing, to hear their story, to find out how COVID was affecting them, and we got to walk closer to people than we ever had because it changed how we did things, but we maintained what matters. That's right. Our student ministry went online, and I watched as Marley King, our, our youth pastor, cared for and appreciated our young people all throughout the Statesboro area. They met online, they met weekly, they did Bible study. One student said she loved the new pace because it meant that they got to spend time in God's word together every day. That was made possible because of an online platform. That's we actually right. had one student join our youth ministry for the first time because of the online platform. And then after getting to know the group, committing to what God was doing there, we were actually able to order them a Bible and have it delivered right to their door. That's great. We learned how to do ministry differently. We didn't stop. The church didn't shut down. We kept moving and we continue to move forward. We've returned, we're back, and things are beginning to pick up speed and pace. But you know, one of the things we didn't do is we didn't go back to business as normal. We learned the lessons that God brought us in this season, and we hung on to those things. Because we learned that the church could be life-giving in new ways. We put things on the table that never were before, because we had been set. And we were reset by God's priority in this season. Like the church in Acts, we took what we knew and we set it down, we laid it at the feet of Jesus and we began to listen in new ways. And God was speaking and we maintained what matters. And I was so thankful for the life that he brought in this difficult time. Thank you. Way to go, James, way to go, man. All right, Ken. And I am Ken Solbeck and I am the campus pastor at the Effingham campus. You know, this year has been an unpredictable and uncertain one of the most unpredictable, uncertain times of our lives. It's been frustrating, scary, sad, hard, but at the same time, we've probably, every one of us, found some joy in the midst of it. We've been struggled maybe with God, but we've all experienced his presence and strength in ways that maybe we didn't expect. I started leading the Effingham campus about 18 months ago, and I felt like I was just getting a handle on where we needed to go and what we needed to do, and then this year happened, and I found myself trying to figure it out all over again. But here's what I know for sure. When life is uncertain, God is not. Good things come from broken things. I mean, my life and your life is an example of that. And I believe that God has not only accomplished some of his greatest work in the middle of this uncertainty, he's not done yet. I mean, we haven't even seen his greatest work. In Effingham, we've seen some amazing things happen. During the lockdown, when the church was only meeting online, we were still able to baptize 14 people. As a staff, we were able to stay in touch with the majority of our people through phone calls, social media, popsicle parades, Facebook bingo, and a couple of awesome tailgate worship nights. We were forced to find ways to stay connected so stories were shared and relationships were formed that might never have happened if we hadn't walked through this time. And we saw people get connected to the church for the very first time through our online worship, to find a place to serve through online growth track and get connected in community through rooted groups. You know, one of the most amazing things we saw is the way people just served each other throughout the uncertainty. They bought groceries and delivered them to people who couldn't get out, mowed lawns, helped neighbors, prayed for people through the phone, served meals to kids in need. They took cookies to hospitals and first responders, and our lighthouse continued to serve people in our community. 
We had one young mom who really got connected to the church through the online services and called and wanted to be baptized. Well, we did that, and then she went through online growth track, and right now she's not only serving, she's helping get other people connected. When we came back to in-person services, there's been a joy and an excitement to just be back together, and our volunteer engagement has been amazing. Worshiping together has been amazing. We've seen 65% of our people come back to worship. 75 or 70% of our volunteers are back, and we've seen people come to church who've never been there before just because they connected with us online. Here's what I learned. Our world and sometimes our lives are filled with uncertainty, but when life is uncertain, God's not. He actually does some of his greatest work in that kind of atmosphere. And so I'm gonna maintain my hope and my faith and know that God is not done with us yet and some of his best work is still to come because we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. God bless you. Thanks for letting me be with you. There we go, Kevin. Way to go, man. Good. Good job. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Phil, and I'm the campus pastor down in our Midway campus. And just like these guys and a lot of the churches in America, you know, when COVID hit us, we had to change the way we do things. You know, the come and check out our amazing environment scenario quickly went away, and we had to crank up what we would call, you know, our pastoral, um, pa- our pastoral ministry. You know, um, on top of getting the phone calls every single day or every single week from the Give Help, Get Help link that our local engagement team set up on the website, a tornado rocked our Midway Sunbury community. It destroyed homes, it blocked roads, and that hindered people from getting to the grocery store to get food. One of our deacons at our Midway campus, named Chuck Gaskin, he had his business hit pretty hard. You know, he and his wife, Tina, they run a pretty big hunting preserve, and there were trees that had fallen down on several of the cabins, the family zone. The main meeting lodge actually had a tree through the roof, and uh, there were sheds destroyed, and roads were blocked. Man, can I tell you how amazing it was to see our campus grab saws and rakes, and even people from other campuses 45 minutes to an hour away drive down, jump into action, and remove these trees off the roofs and the roads at Dorchester. And then, when that was done, they took off out into the community, and they drove around roads, clearing the trees so that people could get to the store. It was an amazing time. It definitely was a time in our church when the church became the church in the most simplest form, but it made a huge impact in our community. Now, fast forward a few months. When the word came that there was going to be a regathering date set, we, our team at our Midway campus, began seeing businesses reopen in our community, and our team started praying for a bold prayer. And that prayer was that our campus would have a chance to meet the needs in our community. And man, has God answered those prayers. A few weeks later, we received a phone call from the Backpack Buddies in Liberty County. Schools had started to reopen, and the 600-plus kids that needed food every weekend were back at school But the normal Thursday backpackers at Backpack Buddies had not returned, and they won't return until after the new year. So our team and some of our volunteers stepped up, and we started packing bags on Thursdays, unloading the semi-truck on Tuesdays that comes once a month, and even delivering those bags to the various schools, which has opened up more doors in our community for us to help. We are excited to be a part of everything that God is starting to do in Liberty County and how he's using our little campus to make an impact down there. Thank you guys for me be here. All right, way to go, Phil. Way to go, man. 
Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Drew uh, Humphreys. I'm the campus pastor at East Campus. And, you know, Randy Frazee says in his book, Think, Act, Believe Like Jesus, giving all we have to God not only offers freedom to our souls and blesses our lives, but blesses all those we encounter in our circles of influence. And when I think about our experience as a campus during this season, I can't help but see how the circles of influence in our community have made a difference for the kingdom. I'm grateful for the commitment level of our leaders and volunteers that have stepped up to make a difference in our community in the most challenging season of our lives. Over the course of the 196 days of quarantine, you know, I was so thankful for our East leaders and how they stayed connected to our volunteer teams by making calls um, and individuals who were always willing to jump in and help facilitate the needs of others in so many ways. As we've regathered, we have seen a 67% return of our volunteer teams and their humble service, man, it's just been absolutely extraordinary. And during COVID, we were able to bless PAC uh, Savannah by collecting 26,000 individual snacks to go to our needy children in our community that were able to help provide food bags for 11,000 children monthly in Savannah. And serving alongside our partner schools uh, to provide needed supplies to students, we were stunned to hear that 70% of our students in our area were not able to complete online learning due to the lack of technology and Wi-Fi at home. The school called us and asked us to help. We had been praying what to do with the old pack building at the back of our property. And when COVID started, this building became a resource center for food and benevolence needs. Even some of our ministry partners like DFAX and Hope Academy were able to use this space. The Lord immediately began to reveal how we would serve our community in such a greater way. We believed wholeheartedly that if we were able to present these things to the Lord, that he would bless all those that we would encounter. And last week, man, we were able to open the Compassion Community Center. Ten years ago, Phil Fincher that just spoke was a student pastor at East Campus, and this building was brought to the campus, and he and his students prayed then that it would bring hope to our community. And through the last ten years, it has continued to do just that. This center is a free Wi-Fi spot for our community where they can check out computers for online learning, schoolwork, job searches, or resume and application assistance. We're also providing lighthouse food bags for families with food scarcity and a care office for those requesting benevolence needs, along with life change Christian counseling by appointment. You know, I'm grateful for all the volunteers who have stepped up to help create this space and make it available as a resource to our community on the east side of Savannah. I'm also proud of our team, for all of the volunteers who continue to engage and set up to serve at East Campus every week. Their influence is continuing to lead others to life change. Thank you. Way to go, Drew. There you go, man. Way to go, buddy. Hey, I'm Grant Roscoviak, the downtown campus pastor, and I just want to first of all say thank you. I wake up every single morning and I get to walk into a brand new building that was provided by all of our church families. Every single one of these men behind me leading their campuses for a vision that downtown might change the world for Christ. And we were able to do that debt free. And I can't even begin to tell you the blessing that it's been, but like all of us, during COVID, that changed everything. We were hoping to open a brand new building for our community and invite everyone in. But during that time, we couldn't. So we started online bingo. We were able to call all of our congregants downtown to encourage them, to pray for them, to fight for them as people were struggling with depression and loneliness and just losing jobs. We were able to help families with food and people who are in need just to counsel them. And by God's grace, we were able to baptize a couple at our new building for the first time. June 1st, we were able to get into our new building and to begin to make it a home, starting putting in chairs and shelves and children's spaces with the hope and prayer that we we're going to open this building and see lives change for Christ. You see, the downtown campus has changed from a Sunday service 
to a family with a beautiful brand new home. We've launched college nights. We've been able to have comedy nights, making it easy for our church to invite friends and family to our building. We're able to have a safe social distance Halloween for kids in our church family and also in our community to give them an opportunity to experience the beauty and the blessing of all of the sacrifices. We have and we continue to partner with Savannah State supporting them and encouraging them as they're going through a difficult time, if they're going to play or not play. All these young men from all over the country have a safe place and a home in downtown Savannah. And some of them may have never had one before. We've also had a space for our community partners to use our building to advance the mission of helping our community, like Book Nation, which helps with literacy all over Savannah, and creating a Thrive Boutique in our building that helps moms who have said yes to keeping their babies, to give them resources and opportunity to care for them well. You see, it's a true blessing for me to lead the downtown campus. 30% of the people that have come back since we've launched are new to the downtown campus. We have had many kids, we have had more kids in our kids' ministry than we did pre-COVID. College students and young adults are being discipled every week on our campus. For me personally, my two ones are now not only baptized, they're discipled, they're leading major ministries. And the first time in the history of the downtown campus, we will have a full-time youth pastor who will lead the new and growing youth ministry that has been fulfilled and run by volunteers for now. You see, the future of the downtown campus is just beginning. Thank you. There we go. There you go, man. Way to go, man. Good, good, good. Hey, my name is um, Carlos Ramirez. I am the Latino ministry pastor at the Henderson campus of uh, Compassion Christian. So when the lockdown began, we had no online Latino worship service. So we decided to start broadcasting our multicultural, bilingual worship service via Facebook. The first Sundays, we couldn't get the camera connected to the computer program. So we used an iPhone to stream our first online service. Since then, we are reaching people in Mexico, Guatemala, Colombia, Ecuador, and many other countries. The Compassion Latino Worship Service has moved beyond the walls of the church building and out into the community and also Latin America. Jolie Bernal, a Compassion Christian who currently lives in Bogota, Colombia, is leading one of our discipleship groups from Colombia via Zoom. That's amazing. Here in Savannah, Joe Ryan, he's uh, 12 years old, decided to follow Jesus after watching the service on Facebook. When we began meeting in person again, he came with his whole family to be baptized. So this time of crisis has shown us how important discipleship groups are in pastoring the church and reaching out to the community. Most of our groups stayed connected via Zoom, and during the summer, the group delivered hundreds of bags of food to those in need in our Latino immigrant community. Another way the groups have stayed connected during this time is by having a drive-through prayer inside the community. We have also begun mentoring Latino young adults in Garden City, here in the area, through our local outreach partner, Excel Mentoring. 
Even though the pandemic has provided us many challenges, we have not only continued to disciple those in our ministry, but also reached more people in the Savannah area and in Latin America who may not yet have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you, people, for your faithfulness, and thank you for your support. God bless you. There we go, Carlos. All right, man. Way to go, buddy. Awesome, awesome. Hey, listen, my name's Harrison. I'm the campus pastor here at the Henderson campus. And just like hearing from so many of our campuses, man, this has been a crazy year for us. When we first saw the need of kind of what COVID was doing to our community, we realized the homeless community was hit in a particularly difficult way. And so our team just looked around and realized we have this mobile showering unit that we used years ago. And so a group of guys from our campus just renovated that. And I think guys from a few different teams and campuses came together, completely restored this thing, delivered it downtown, and has been active since the beginning of when COVID shut everything down. Another thing that was kind of crazy is we launched this give help, get help um, thing where people in our community could say, hey, I need help with something. And people in our campus and all of our campuses could say, hey, we want to give help. We want to be put in the game. And I remember one complaint that I got from this process is um, whenever a need would show up in an email, by the time someone would respond, someone else would have already finished the need. And so they were frustrated because they didn't get a chance to actually give help. And for those of you who that's it, I'm sorry, there will be more opportunities coming. Um, but one of the things um, that I was amazed by, this is one of my favorite stories. Cindy is a, you know, a volunteer in our church, and she's a phenomenal heart. And one of the things that she did is when she got her stimulus check, um, she decided, you know, we're in a good place. And so what she decided to do is something that she called these simple supper bags. And so she would go grocery shopping, and she would put a complete simple supper meal together, and then she would put in a recipe and a note from our church just letting them know we're praying for them. And she would actually take these things and provide them for our community and literally put together hundreds of bags from her own stimulus because she just had a heart to say, hey, this is a need in our community. And she wanted to find a way to meet that need. Another thing that I'm amazed by is uh, some of our discipleship groups. And listen, there are literally hundreds of groups in our church across all campuses that looked up and saw some of the needs in our community. One is the Scots group. And they heard about this old dilapidated uh, church building that this guy was trying to restore and create a community prayer center for you know just the surrounding area and so this team this discipleship group decided this is our project the scots group said we can make this the way that we engage our community and build relationships and actually provide a need but here's something that i'm still amazed by because we've come back we're gathering and it's amazing we're here you know this is an incredible um, opportunity for us to rub shoulders again i think we all missed it desperately and we're realizing that now but here's one thing that's amazing to me, how personal the mission of the church became for us. Think about that. When COVID hit and it put, hit pause on life, all of a sudden many of us were looking around going like, all right, we're good, right? So all of a sudden we pick our heads up and we begin to see our neighbors. 
and we begin to see the needs of those right around us, and our heart begins to care for those who we're rubbing shoulders with. And so all of a sudden, so many of you started providing groceries, picking up prescriptions, delivering cookies to the first responders throughout our city, just saying thank you for the craziness that they've been enduring and pushing through. And listen, I'm just so amazed at how God has given us an opportunity through such a crazy season like this to go, man, the mission of the church, the mission of the kingdom is now very personal to us. And I think for many of us, we got a taste of the adventure of following Jesus. And I think I could say this for all of us, we want more. We want more of this. And so I can't wait to see what he does next. Thank you guys. All right, all right. Hey, what's up, man? Man, isn't that fantastic? Hey, everybody, let's just thank the Lord for what was happening at every one of our campuses, man. Just thank God for somebody else, all right? And listen, we have a whole team of central team pastors and leaders who support all of our campuses. Let's thank God for all of those central pastors that God has given us, man, on every campus. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Now, if you think one pastor can go really long with a message sometime, we've had eight uh, speak in this service so far. And so I do not have much time left. But I want you to look back with me at 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Uh, we're going to look at verse 4. Now, after Paul spends a few minutes affirming the, the flourishing faith and the growing love that you just heard about right here in all of our campuses, same thing was happening back in Greece and Thessaloniki all those years ago, Paul then begins to praise God for their catalytic example. Now, he says in verse 3, man, we're really thankful for the way your faith is growing. But look at verse 4. We proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and your faithfulness in all the persecutions and the hardships that you have suffered. Man, Paul literally talks about these believers when he writes to the church at Corinth in the book of 1 Corinthians to encourage the believers in Corinth to follow their example. He said, you should have a flourishing faith like they do, growing love like Thessaloniki does, endurance in the face of hardship, faithfulness even when you're persecuted. What's the bottom line? To keep up the good work. That's the bottom line. You're doing great. Man, you, listen, you just heard about this, how this is happening at all of our campuses. Friends, God is working through our church. So keep your eye on the ball. Don't get discouraged. Don't shrink back. Keep up the good work, man. Now, what does that mean for the vision that God has given to Compassion Christian in 2021? Now, I don't have much time, but let me just say three things about the uncertain year ahead of us. Number one, just like the believers in Thessaloniki, we will continue to be the church no matter what. We will continue to be the church. Listen, back in the day, they faced difficulty and pressed on. So will we. They faced persecution, and we may too in the future. And if we do, we will keep up the good work. Listen, those in Thessalon Thessalonia were facing scarcity in terms of finances and the economy, and yet... Paul said they met that challenge with, grad, with generosity and faithfulness and endurance. Now, if you were at our church business meeting this week, you saw this information about how we intend to spend the tithes and the faith promises that you give out of faithfulness to Jesus. Now, at that business meeting, we gave you all the specific numerical figures, but that's way too much detail for now, so we're not going to do that. But let me just say that 60% of the dollars that come to our church are going directly to ministry. 
they are invested directly in ministry. Uh, man, our, our faith promises makes up 12% of what we give, uh, what we receive every year. Uh, that's listed here under outreach. But friends, I'm just telling you, 60% uh, of our income is going to go to support ministry in our community, uh, local and global partners around the world. The other 40% we spend on ministry tools. Now, I bet you noticed we have church inside. We, we have buildings. We, we, we meet inside. And friends, we use some of our income to pay for heat and air conditioning and to provide a new campus like we did downtown this year that is being used seven days a week, 360 days a year to lead people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now, these buildings are tools, but they are very important tools. And we're also using some of those dollars to pay down our debt so that in the future, like we did with our downtown campus, man, we'll be able to roll out new campuses adding no debt at all. And frankly, if you take a look at this, this Future Vision Initiative, that's our saving account. That's our savings account so that at some point in the future, man, the Lord opens up a door for us to plant a new campus in a new city. Friends, we'll have some dollars saved up so that we'll be able to do that right now. Now, if you were at our business meeting this week, you know that our 2021 budget is smaller than it was in 2020. And again, I'm telling you, your faithful generosity is why we're here today. But our budget has to be based on the giving of our church. We're not the federal government. We can't spend money we don't have. We're going to have to count on the faithful generosity of our church and then tighten up some to make this work. But trust me when I tell you, every sacrifice we make will be worth it. Now take a look at this little lady right here. This is Ella Marchese. Uh, Ella was baptized into Christ uh, a little over a year ago by her dad and Pastor John out at our Effingham campus. Uh, this is Ella celebrating. Here's Ella and here's her younger sister Lucy. And Ella is there celebrating when Lucy gave her life to Jesus and she was baptized into Christ. And this picture is Ella sharing her faith at the Low Country Down Syndrome Buddy Walk back in October out in Effingham County, prayed for all those folks, shared her faith with all those folks. And friends, you know, God is doing a pretty amazing work in Ella's family because they are a part of a church where faith flourishes and love grows and spiritual endurance and faithfulness Keep up that good work. Take a look at, take a look at this nasty-looking biker with a really sweet wife. You see this joker right here? They drove up here from Stewart, Florida, to be with us this weekend to celebrate finishing their Rooted Discipleship course online. Friends, they're part of our Compassion Online ministry. They live in Florida, but they're here this week to connect with people that they love that they took that class with. They are engaged in our ministry online, even though they live in Florida. Friends, I'm just telling you, God is working here. So no matter what, no matter what it, what it costs, we're going to keep up this good work. Amen? Amen? Boom. All right? Okay. Now, also, we're going to continue to impact the world through our faith promises. Now, I know that a lot of us just didn't turn in our pledge last week. And you know how I know that? because I am married to someone who did not turn in her faith promise pledge last week. That's right. Sarah J. Huxford just sitting on the couch watching the worship service by some sick old man last week. 
And she didn't even make our faith promise commitment. Y'all, let's pray for Sarah. Let's, will you? Let, let's pray for her. Lord, I'm telling you. Baby, I got this. I got this. You don't have to worry. That pledge will be turned in today. And I am praying that there's about another thousand compassion Christians out there just like us. People who love global missions. They love reaching the lost. They love seeing kids who've never had fresh water have fresh water and providing food for kids who are struggling with, with, with hunger around the world. And friends, if you just forgot to say last week, I'm in, here's my pledge. Let's keep up the good work. Let's keep up this good work. And finally, friends, we're going to increase our commitment. Increase our commitment to discipling and developing every compassion Christian. Now, you're going to hear more about this in 2021, but the phrase is disciple and develop. Say it with me, everybody. Disciple and develop. All right, everybody, come on, y'all. Disciple and develop. You know, we had a new guy show up here at the Henderson campus uh, to serve in the band this past week. And usually, let me tell you how that works. You know, you go to growth track, right? And then you get team ready. And on the last growth track, you volunteer, you know, for the area where you want to serve. And then you go to the uh, central worship guy and there's an audition and there's an interview. And, and then they get, let you shadow somebody for a little while so we can watch you, make sure you've got the right attitude and we can coach you up. And dude, when you're team ready, we put you into play. But last week, our band was short. <laughs> and so when Derek shows up, the band leader knew him a little bit. And he said, you know what, we got a problem. We got the, as Jesus said, the ox is in the ditch, bro. So why don't we just observe you while you're playing this week? And I love this guy. This guy, Derek, he comes from a buddy of mine's church out in uh, Colorado. He said, dude, I'm in. What do you need? Whatever you need, I'm here to serve. How can I help? Bam. I mean from the street to serving. Bam. Look at these two guys. These are two brothers. This is Justin and James, both soldiers, both baptized by a pastor friend of mine into Christ last Sunday in Greenford, Ohio. Now, he sent me a picture of these two guys uh, after their baptism because they're soldiers, and they were both stationed in Savannah, and one of you invited them to compassion. And they came here, and they connected here, and they heard the gospel here, and they got lit up by Jesus here, and the only reason they weren't baptized here is because strategically they said, we want our, our family to see us do this. We want to go home. We want to have a testimony to our family so they'll know where our heart is because they're next. And friends, they're keeping up that good work. Keeping up that good work of discipling and developing people into fully devoted followers of Jesus. And so here's what I want to say as we bring this to an end. I thank God for you, brothers and sisters, because your faith is growing more and more and the love that you have for one another is obviously increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, others are boasting about your perseverance and your faith in the persecution and the trials that you are enduring to the glory of God. Father, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity you've given us today to open your word and then to see how your word is being lived out in seven different locations because of our church here in the, in the low country. 
I thank you, Father, for every faithful, compassionate Christian who has loved and served and engaged, whether they're doing it online or whether they're doing it at one of our campuses. I thank you, Lord, that so many volunteers are back here in play because we've seen the difference that can make. And I pray, God, in this world of distractions, that we will not be distracted. In this world of, uh, you know, secondary priorities, that we will keep the main thing the main thing. In this world, Lord, where faith is so weak, I pray, God, that our faith will be strong because it is in Jesus. And I pray, God, that you will bless us as he works in us and through us for his glory. And we pray this in the strong name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. amen.